welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. I'm your host, James Marland. Today, I'm joined by regular guest hosts, Lisa Mustard and Steve Besaw. We also have special guest Joshua Brummel from Therapy Flow. He's the co-founder of Therapy Flow. Together, we're going to explore the world of growing your therapy practice with marketing. We're talking about leveraging the power of lead magnets, unpacking retargeting ads, and Joshua will explain what he means by retargeting ads in the show. We'll also think about maybe looking at marketing techniques that we've overlooked, like maybe mailers or something physical. We're going to delve into enhancing SEO through guest blogging and the impacts of delivering a targeted newsletter consistently. (laughs) It's one of the things, you know, anybody can release a newsletter once, but can you do it on a consistent basis and continually add value? So join us as we offer you practical advice, fresh perspectives, and actionable tips as we ask you to take intentional steps towards sustainable growth in your therapy practice. On to the show. Hello, this is James Marland, your host for the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is the show where we encourage you to take intentional steps towards sustainable growth. This week, uh, we have special guest Joshua. He's the co-founder of Therapy Flow, a Chicago-based company that's worked with thousands of mental health companies. Therapy Flow helps practices scale to multi six and seven figures by building consistent marketing, sales procedures, and flowing operations. Just a little bit behind the scenes, I met Joshua at a conference. Uh, He did a, he did a, uh, a, he was a speaker, one of the main speakers there. Well, for me, he was one of the main speakers. I don't know if you're a keynote speaker, but it was a keynote, keynote in my heart. And I talked about lead magnets and uh, just uh, having a system. And we had some nice conversations. Yeah. And uh, Joshua, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Excited for today's conversation too. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have uh, Lisa Mustard, host of The Therapy Show with Lisa Mustard and Steve Besaw, uh, host of Finding Your Way Through Therapy. Uh, hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, So this week, our topic is going to be uh, five advanced marketing strategies for your therapy practice, and Joshua is going to lead us through that. Uh, I wanted to start with a tool, tip, or tech of the week. Uh, Does anybody have a a goal-setting procedure? Um, Do you set goals for your business? Uh, Or uh, what's your your plan? You know, what what do you do? Uh, Well, I don't have a private practice, but I definitely have goals for the podcast. Uh, So... I've been listening to a lot of Dr. Benjamin Hardy recently. He, he writes books with uh, Dan Sullivan, and he has a book. I haven't bought it yet, and I don't know what's keeping me from buying it, but it's called 10X is Better Than 2X. And it it, talk, oh, yeah, it just that. talks about how if you really want to 10X your life or your business or relationship or whatever, you have to you know really focus on the, the big rock movers and kind of the things that you've been doing to get to where you are right now, you can keep doing those and, and stay kind of, you know, complacent or consistent and maybe just reach those those smaller goals. But if you really want to hit something super big, you you have to think differently. And so I've been spending some time the past couple of weeks really thinking uh, differently for what I want 2024 to be for, for us. And um, so, yeah, I have kind of re I've kind of shifted how I set goals and it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited and uh, motivated inspired to for 2024. So some, some new things coming out for me. I'm not ready to say what they are yet, but I'll you, say you got new things coming out. Yeah. That's, well, that's a shock. it's not, it's not really new. It's just really honing in on the, Focus, what's working yeah. and just taking those 10 X if possible or yeah. Awesome. Excited to hear about that. Joshua or Steve, any, uh, any goal setting, you know, do you have a system for goal setting? I think just picking up off of what Lisa said, those those major levers, the big things that actually move it forward, the way that I view it is <clears throat> setting one big goal, one big outcome. But the, the the goal or the outcome isn't actually what I'm trying to set. I'm trying to discern what is the core activity needed to produce the goal. 
and really ask myself, what is the core activity? What's the cost of activity? And can I afford or set the time? So if there's a revenue goal, if there's a product launch goal, if there's something else, if there's an impact goal, and I'll just share an example. This past year, one of my goals was to make therapy flow known in the therapy space. It's kind of like an amorphous goal, but I put some definitions around it. But really, I dialed into what are the activities daily, weekly, monthly that I would have to physically do to accomplish that big goal. So, you know, takeaways or systems, I'm always asking myself, what is the leveraged activity that needs to be in place? Because the goal will be the byproduct of that. Neat. Steve, anything God, to add? I feel like I'm goals? the, the right, way behind anyone else. I go in December um, <laughs> and I look at what I've accomplished in the course of the 11 months. <laughs> And then set goals for the new year. So when, you know, December comes around, I look at, you know, revenue, even if I project the last month, where the revenue came from, how the podcast has grown or not grown, yeah. and some of the stuff that staled out or even went down and then let go of some of the projects and think about creative new projects. Uh, some of them are, you know, I, I think I'm like Lisa, I don't like to over uh, share b before I get there, but there are definitely, definitely places where I want to go. And then there's a couple of them that I got to let go because they're not working out and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but looking for your successes, you know, and planting the right seed. I think you were talking about, you know, have, to have a big pumpkin, you got to cut off the leaves in order to have the bigger pumpkin and not just have like seven medium sized pumpkins. Can't remember the exact analogy of the book, but something like that. Um, yeah. so that's I just do that and, yeah. and then go from there. Basically, you know, I tried the French podcast for about a year now. It's not quite uh, taking off and I don't know what to do. So I might push that aside, turn around and do something else, which I'm not, again, not willing to share just yet. But I mean, you guys have all these techniques, so I can't wait to hear more from you because I'm like, hey, I'm all ears. <laughs> there we go. Cool. And just to be uh, transparent, I was using... Um, Oh, I forget. Uh, I'll, the name will come. The author will come back to me in just a second. But it was Hero on a Mission. I was using. Um, it's the guy who did Story Brand. Oh, Donald uh, Miller. Donald oh, Miller. Yeah, yeah. Don Miller. Yeah, Donald Miller. And I was using that stuff. And about halfway through the year, I got a little sidetracked. But guess what? It's the beginning of the year. It's a new year. You can restart with that plan. I thought it was really well because it helped me like write out one or like uh, month goals, year goals, five year goals, ten year goals. And then it kept me, yeah, I, well, while I was doing it, I was on track because I was, would write out one or two things every day that I, that would m move me forward to my goal. Yeah. So, um, I, I really like that. It was simple. I like simple. I don't, not super complicated that way. So, uh, that was, that was my thing. And, uh, that's, as I'm talking about it, uh, this is now a good, you know, you don't have to start at the beginning of the year. You can start these whenever. So. All right, so now we're going to get into our topic of the show. This is going to be five. Um, Josh, so when I talked to Josh, this is where this came, came Joshua, from Therapy, therapy Flow. Uh, we were talking about marketing and lead magnets and clients, and I told him we were doing this episode on marketing, and you know, that's his jam. <laughs> you know, that's what he does. He does marketing, so... Five advanced marketing strategies for your private practice. Josh is going. Joshua is going to take us through those today. We'll have some conversations on that. So, Joshua, do you have a? Where would you like to begin with these? Yeah. This uh, topic. A, a, a couple thoughts here. I think when you go to Google, you listen to these podcasts, you just dive in. People who consume content, you've probably heard the typical strategies. Get on a few more listing sites. Make sure you have a website and the typical humdrum from there. So when we were talking about a content for today, uh, content topic, I really wanted to dive into a couple unique ones that we both help our practice owners that we work with um, kind of develop and roll out, but also just ones that I think are fairly simple and actionable that uh, can just take either what you're already doing a step further or maybe you'll find a new route or method. So there'll be some things in here, whether you're solo or group practice, and there'll be kind of a kind of a two-tone process here that I walk us through because a lot of this will be applied to find more direct clients to bring in. 
but a lot of it will also work to help you build more referral partners that can send you clients. So I kind of focused on strategies that could do both both of those um, if you do it right. So kind of with that, uh, my, my last comment before we dive in, marketing that works, marketing that works for your practice is the marketing that you do. And that's kind of what I have learned um, all across the board. Is, is the marketing you need for the practice and the marketing that works for the practice is the marketing that you do. With that being said, if you're skipping over all the basic stuff and you aren't even doing that stuff, uh, some of this other stuff might not work either. And so just, you know, have an honest conversation with yourself. Are we doing the volume of marketing needed to actually get some results out of it? And don't overcomplicate it because if we try and do it all, we'll do almost none of it if not any of it. That's been my experience with myself. When I try and just do too many things, do all the strategies. So last preface of maybe choose one of these from today, the one that feels the best or the most manageable for you, and then implement that one and then come back to the podcast, listen to it again and do the next one and the next one as you build it up one at a time. Let's keep it simple. Before, Let's keep it safe. Awesome. Uh, before you begin, you mentioned something. What is the, you said, this, these are advanced strategies. So can you sum up what is the basic strategy? Yeah. What should uh, everybody be doing whether, you know, for your for your business? I wouldn't say that you have to do all of these, but I'd say there are four to five basic buckets of marketing for therapists or private practice owners. You get your directory listing sites like your psychology today and your good therapies, your therapy dense. I'd say that's bucket one number one. Let's just be on those. Bucket number two would be a website with some search engine optimization. Do we have a web presence? And are we doing some ongoing work on the website? Bucket number three for me would be paid ads. Are, can we or are we running a Google ad or a Facebook and Instagram ad? Bucket four would be like referral partners. Do we have other people, other partners sending us clients? And then maybe bucket five, this is kind of like a... Not easy, not advanced, but like it's minimum threshold social media. Are we posting anything on social media? Are we generating any content? Those would be kind of the four base starting points of organic and of paid marketing out there. And therapists should be starting in one of those buckets is what I'd say. Okay. That's the foundation. Just uh, I think I'm doing some of that. So good. Good. Checking stuff off the list. Checking the boxes. Right. Again, that's yeah, that's all we want. All right. So uh, take us in to yeah. uh, number one. We've already mentioned it, and we won't spend a lot of time on this, but lead magnets is just what I wanted to talk about first. We still need a traffic source for what we call lead magnets. A lead magnet is just a, a piece of content, a piece of process that someone will opt into. An inquiry or a lead desires. They want what you have probably going to be either free or low cost. We're talking, you know, the the 10 steps to a full private practice that could make a good lead magnet, right? Or this could be the um, three part mini series on overcoming anxiety that could be a lead magnet. Lots of places to go with this, but we can put it on our website, we could put it out on our social media. And we could say, hey, here's something you might want that isn't the main service, but you'll give name, number and email to get. So we can nurture or capture the attention. We can warm up. We can build some trust. So launching, producing, and growing an audience with lead magnets is definitely a step further for marketing your business. Yeah, well, um, we've done we've done an episode on lead magnets. Um, feel like uh, they're they're. How do you know if his lead magnet is working? I mean, I guess you get responses. So how do yeah. you know if a lead magnet's not working? How would you know what to change? You probably can't, shouldn't change everything. So what do you do? That's actually a great question. And I put a specific slide in that when I was doing my presentation on that, because I get mm -hmm. that question a lot. Uh, the very first thing that I would change is the title and or the name of the lead magnet. So sometimes it's not the content. Sometimes it's just how we frame the problem. So if I say um, how to cook rice to eat better food, eh, you know, it's like, okay, how to cook rice. That sounds only so fun, right? If I say something like, here's a lead magnet 
on how to increase the flavor palette. And like we use some extra fun words to like describe our rice cooking process. Maybe we'll get more opt-ins. Similar of like 10 steps to grow your therapy practice. Uh, maybe that isn't hitting or that isn't working for your audience. We could say simplify growth for your therapy practice in 10 steps. Sometimes it's just like the mashup of words and the titling can move the thing forward. So I just changed the title. And then number two is I would change the format it's delivered in. What I mean by that is if it's a video series, if it's a PDF, if it's an audio series, if it's a download guide, whatever, maybe if it's a video series, we convert it into an audio format. Or if it's in an audio format, we convert it into video. Or if it's in a video format, we convert it into a PDF. Uh, consumers might want to consume it in a different way, and it might increase the value depending on what people might want. I'd start with those two pieces. Yeah, that's making a lot of sense. Uh, anybody have a uh, Steve or Lisa question about lead magnets before we go on? Um, or a thought? No, I mean, I have a a variety of lead magnets that are, you know, dependent on the target audience. So I guess that's kind of what I was thinking, like, just make sure that, you know, you know who your target audience is and make sure that it's yeah. still a problem that you can solve for them. But that's what I was thinking. Definitely. Specificity of problem is what will make the lead magnet successful. Great. Um, so oh. that was number one, it's lead magnet. And I'll just give a side note suggestion here. We can build lead magnets, like I said, to attract new clients, but we can also build lead magnets to attract our referral partners. So we can we could put together, let's say we're entering into the school year and we want school and school counselors to refer to us, right? We could put together a video series or a guide or something that either that school principal or that school counselor could give to all of the people uh, inside of the school as parents are coming you know, back in. So it could be some sort of content, you know, how to help your kids transition to the new school year or something, you know, how to, how to see the school year if your kid is, is struggling with their mental health. We could put together like a little lead magnet like this, or we could make it like how to promote mental health inside of your school and give it to the principals or something like that. And really we can say, who is my target referral audience? Can I create a piece of content that they can use or they can even promote and give to their audience that can be helpful? So I definitely think of lead magnets as not just a way to develop new clients, but also develop new referral partners. Uh, that that makes a lot of sense. I was thinking of um, Steve as he works with first responders. Yeah. You know, what if he made a little booklet for... I don't know what they're called, captains or something, you know, how to how to recognize uh, trauma in your staff or Perfect. in your in your first responders. hundred percent. And then that way it it not only helps the people who he's working with, it gets his name out, but it's also really usable. <laughs> like yeah. it's something that that could get passed around and end up in somebody's hands that Steve doesn't deliver to because of how. How useful. Well, I was going to say, exactly. you're stealing my ideas for 2024. I mean, are you in my head or something? Uh, that's why I said <laughs> Good idea is a good idea. It doesn't matter who go. has it. And these are th th these are my ideas, right? These, these are ideas that I've seen work and use well. So I hope they work for so, you. So um, what's, uh, what's uh, uh, tactic number two or idea number two here? Yeah, this will be a pretty quick one, but it's what we call retargeting ads, especially with Facebook and Instagram. And this kind of stacks on lead magnets. Uh, you can do something that's called retargeting ads. And this looks like two pieces. You can take your list of emails, of, of, um, of phone numbers and other things. You can upload those into like Facebook and Insta Instagram, other ads platforms, and you can send ads to them. So what's cool is if someone downloads your lead magnet and you get their email, we can go back and we, set, we can send them ads for our other services. So they got our lead magnet on anxiety or they got our lead magnet on how to identify issues with their first responders. Great. Let's also run a Facebook ad for our therapeutic services or our podcast or X, Y, and Z. So they actually are, will be then informed and purchase other things. So retargeting ads can be really powerful by like uploading your list and hitting them again. But there's also what's called a, a pixel that you can put on your website 
Uh, and then Facebook can take all the traffic of people who didn't fill out the lead magnet. They didn't actually opt in or they didn't actually fill out the lead form or the inquiry form on your website. And we can send them ads again or send them new ads saying, hey, take the action. So just an example for my own business, we probably, you know, every couple thousand people who visit our website, those all get a Facebook and Instagram ad saying, hey, take the next step still. And it kind of calls them out saying, you didn't take the step, take the step, right? Because people look at something and they'll be like, oh, I'll do it later or I'll come back to it or X, Y, and Z. Retargeting ads are really potent to keep moving people through uh, your marketing and get them to the point of a sale. So th is this something like somebody goes to your lead magnet page, but they don't fill out the form? Yeah. You, you, the pixel knows who they are. Exactly. I mean, we've all done it. We've searched for traffic or we've gone to a website, right? And then we're just getting demolished by all the ads that they're sending us. This is what that is, right? And, and it's a pretty simple, simple way to do it. You put the pixel on your website and then you go to Facebook, you make your ad and you just say, hey, show this ad to all the people that the Pixar, pixel, what's called fired on or all the people who visited my website. Do either of you? I don't run any ads. Does anybody run any ads? Um, I've run Pinterest ads, and I have. Yeah. Um, I have run a Facebook ad in the past, and it converted pretty good for me. But I, I'm not currently running any ads. But I've run ads to um, my lead magnets, and that you know, it works well. Well, on Pinterest, it works really yep. good. I like Pinterest a lot. Yep. Yeah. So Pinterest, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, Google, Facebook, Instagram, all of those have their own ad networks. And that that process I just described works for all of those ad networks. I almost feel like I'd need a guide to do it because I, uh, I understand the words, but I don't understand the process. <laughs> it's like talking. Well, if you, yeah. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of things. I When I do my ads, I actually do very minimally, but I do some on Google. I do some on LinkedIn. And I do it via uh, copy.ai who gives me how to do it. Nice. Basically, how you can attract and yeah. what are you trying to attract? So I would be, I would say that that's kind of how I, I use the ads. Um, I'm not very familiar in the sense that I use Google sometimes, Facebook. It's been somewhat different, but I'm going to ask you a question if you don't mind, just as a follow up here. You know, you were talking about certain leads for certain people. Do you find that certain, like LinkedIn, I find that I get a lot of professionals that might have questions like therapists, and that's where I can get that yep. group, so to speak. I mean, that targeted audience. Do you feel like, you know, sometimes thinking about ads, you got to re, uh, retarget based upon like if Pinterest might be blank and versus Facebook being blank and so on and so forth? Yeah. There's there's two ways to kind of view this. Essentially, think of all of these social platforms as different rooms in the house. All of the people you want to serve, right? Let's take therapists or first responders or people with anxiety. They hang out in all of the different social platforms. You know, you probably have an account, right, with almost all the different social platforms. But some people spend way more time in their living room and other people spend way more time in their bedroom and other people spend way more time in their kitchen, right? I spend almost no time in my bedroom, spend all of my time in my home, either my kitchen or my living room, right? Uh, and vice versa. T people spend tons of time on LinkedIn or tons of time on Instagram or tons of time on TikTok. It doesn't mean that they aren't in the other places as well. The other thing is each one of those rooms in the house have a primary core function. Your kitchen, you're going to make food and eat food. LinkedIn, you're going to be in a professional work mode and connect with professionals. Most people aren't scrolling on LinkedIn in the evening based off of user stats that LinkedIn pushes out, right? Versus TikTok is like the 1 a.m. doom scroll that people find themselves on. Like people do different things. So to answer your question, yes, choosing your platform based off of the mood and the primary person you're trying to attract for your service can be really helpful and important because people interact with those platforms different, even if they're on all of them. Well, I just figured to throw that out because it is definitely different for different people. Yeah. And, we're, and right now, Facebook, Instagram, and Google slash adjacently YouTube, those are probably the four that I'm both most familiar with, but also the ones that we see our therapists right now get primary success with 
because those are some of the most developed ad networks at the moment. All right. Uh, anything more on that? Or are you ready for the next uh, tactic? Let's dive in. So, right. yeah, this this next one, we're, we're taking an old school process and we're reactivating it. Uh, marketing is cyclical, meaning what works goes in waves. So if webinars are hot, they might not be hot next year. If PDF lead magnets are hot, they might not be hot next year. If newsletter and um, whatever, it goes in waves. So mailers, uh, like physical mail for your therapy practice can actually be one more advanced strategy, but incredibly effective, especially if you have a brick and mortar location. But again, this also works for uh, building referral partners, whether it's through uh, a company, there's lots of like marketing agencies that facilitate direct mail campaigns, you um, physically doing this yourself, and or you can, you know, purchase lists from USPS. And there, there's a couple ways to go after this, but doing a, a mail to your community of 500, 1000, 20,000 mailers, even it, it sometimes can be cheaper, sometimes can be a little bit more expensive. But uh, the return rate on it for good service, um, a good service set can actually be really high, again, for either direct to client or for referral partner creation. What about uh, business? I, I can definitely see how that might work for uh, brick and mortar. But what about uh, my, my my business is fully remote? Lisa, I believe you're fully remote, mm -hmm. right? Like, what about that? Would you recommend mailers for services like that? Or what, yeah. what would... What would you say for that? So there's two ways that you can take this strategy and, and go even deeper with it. For referral partners, both James and Lisa, I'm sure there's other people, other providers that have great audiences, great services that you would want to partner with. You can find their business addresses or acquire addresses and do what we call kind of like a dream 100 is, is the strategy. Let's get 100 people. And if we send them something physically in the mail, pretty X, Y, and Z, it might help us start the conversation we want to have with them to successfully partner with them. So that's one way a digital business can, it's about relationships. I need to send something to their office, their process, their otherwise to start the conversation successfully. You went the extra mile. So that's one strategy. If you're a virtual therapy practice or a service provider or something like that, you can also use mail as a retargeting campaign or as a secondary product set. So you could ask someone for their physical address if they're filling out their form or their process, and you can send them a thank you note. You can send them paraphernalia. You can send them additional service sets. You can fill in the blank, send them additional things to get them to purchase more services or to follow up with you. So it can also work as a retargeting process of people that are visiting you from the worldwide process. It can even be a lead magnet uh, there are some companies that like put in your physical address and I'll mail you a, the content that would normally be in a digital lead magnet, right? It's cyclical in terms of what works because now mail is novel and fascinating, right? Someone's like, man, if I could get that in its physical form, like they're sick of scrolling through PDFs that they're not going to read. I think, um, I was, this, this echoes, um, I'm working my way through Mike McCallowitz's book, uh, get different. And in that book, he talks about mailing, I think it was, uh, mailing books to people and the original, the original idea didn't work. People, he mailed books and he got zero responses from it, but then, um, or somebody, somebody in the book, and I might be retelling the story a little weird, but, um, then for the next iteration, he, he sent out the books with like highlights or something like he, Hey, here are my top five. Yeah. Uh, top five lessons I learned in the book and he highlighted them and put markers on them and that got more responses. So um, it's just a different, you know, he stood out from the, the regular mailers by not just providing a physical thing, but also providing how people could get value from it. And I forget exactly what industry that was, but I thought that was that was pretty cool, uh, yeah. just a way to build build networks. The idea that popped into my head is to send people only half of a book, so like rip it in half <laughs> and be like takes um, it takes both sides of the story to have to have a complete conversation. Please please get back to me. Please reach out. <laughs> like what? 
That's weird. Probably doesn't even matter what book you send them. Just go to like a random dollar dollar bookstore and just slice and dice. Sounds like a ransom demand, but what do I know? (laughs) You want to know how this ends. That's what happens when you work with first responders. Your head just goes to different places that most people don't go to. Yeah, a hundred percent. That that was a great great idea about mailers. Uh, what's uh, idea uh, topic or tactic number four? Yeah, going back into the digital digital space of things, uh, I think consistent either weekly or even twice a week topical newsletters is still a strategy many have not done or implemented or built out. This can be paired with something like paid ads, meaning you can run an ad to your newsletter signup. Someone like Julie from Green Oak Accounting, you know, we helped her set up that process. And and for therapists, we suggest this all the time. It's like, great, you have a newsletter that you send out weekly. That can be great content. It can warm up. You can do call to actions. My newsletter that I run weekly is one of my favorite things to actually write and produce each week. But it's also a huge primary source of new clients. Just had someone, you know, hop on a call with me this past week and they're like, I've been on your list for forever. And, you know, looks, yeah, he's been on it for about a year and a half and I'm just talking to him now for the first time. So it's it's a warm up mechanism. It's a, a stopgap to stay in connection and provide value to your clients on a topic. It's very much a long play. You're not going to get a result today. You're going to get a result next year from the thing you did today is essentially the way to do it. But doing newsletter and even running ads to get more signups to your newsletter, really potent combination and strategy. Hey, uh, I, ha- I have a newsletter, but I've, I didn't know you could run a uh, I didn't know you could run a uh, an ad to a newsletter. I guess it's the same thing, like a pixel or something. Well, it would just be a sign up sign up for my free newsletter right so you just okay. run the ad to a sign the sign up page how do how do people oh, sign up to your newsletter right page. now just yeah okay. run the ad to the sign up page Spend. i was i was combining um this idea with idea number two yep which where... you can you can retarget people with the sign up link right they did another action let's get them onto the newsletter too so these all kind of flow together you could create a separate newsletter right for just first responders or just principals in your area or just a therapist building an X, Y, and Z business. So you can have multiple newsletters that, to what Lisa said earlier, that are problem-specific, niche-specific, audience-specific, so that way people can actually get value out of it. Targeted to the right right person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lisa, Steve, do you guys run newsletters of any kind? I do a newsletter about once a month mostly about my podcast and try to peddle my book on there too. Um, I, I, I get a lot of my, my emails really came from, uh, mostly clients and then some signups that I throw in once in a while on my social media. Nice. Yeah. So I, um, will email my lists if not once a week, every other week. And I have a couple different lists. So it just depends on what I'm, you know, who it's for, I guess, niche specific. One of the things that I have found to be a really cool lead magnet is, um, uh, we talked about this in an episode that hasn't come out yet, is private podcast feeds. So something that I've been playing around with is um, I'm about to do another one with a with a, a, a group of other therapists that I've collaborated with as a lead magnet. So um, that's going to be interesting, I think, to, to give that a try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like email marketing. Um, and and I think it's overlooked by a lot of people. I don't think they spend enough time, you know, really kind of diving into it because I, I think it's a great way to grow the no like and trust factors. I feel like that's the number one. And the number two is like the podcast because then they can hear your voice and then they can see you on video if you're also doing, you know, putting videos up on YouTube. Um, but I, right. I like that a lot. Definitely. I, th- I mean, you said it. No like trust as that last piece when you have that long-term relationship with potential clients or even current clients, they ascribe so much value to you, especially when 80, 90, if not 100% of that newsletter content is just value and content helpful to them. And then every once in a while, there's a call to action to do the thing, buy the thing, take these steps. Yeah, um, 
just adding on to that, uh, I, I just email weekly about the new, uh, about the podcast yeah. and occasionally I'll put in, you know, somebody else's, you know, like the thing about Julie, uh, with her goal setting, you know, I'll put in some, put some things about that, uh, because I don't want to be like the, the, the uncle or whatever, the, the family member who only shows up when you need something right. or want something the people just won't respond to that you know oh it's it's been two months it's time for them to email me something who is this person why am i on the list what are they doing like yep i think the consistency that if they don't know you if they don't know you they're not going to buy from you i think there's a lot a lot to be said about being consistent with your with your newsletter and constantly adding some sort of value to it and then occasionally just what steve said occasionally try to see if they want to go a little further with you some sort of um, agreement. Yeah. The fast, the fastest way to get an un unsubscribe from your newsletters, have it be a email promotion versus an actual piece of content. I, I think newsletters also kind of a misnomer. I just call them value drops. <laughs> like I just like the way I see it is just a little mini lesson that the client can take away, make actionable and use to move their life, their business, their whatever forward. Because if people see that, feel that, and they get value out of it, it's probably five or six newsletters weekly in my inbox that I make sure I read every single mm. time because the content in there is just incredible. And that doesn't happen, you know, that, that doesn't happen without work, you know, that, that value. Yeah. All right. What's, what's, uh, what's our last idea on advanced marketing strategy for your private practice? Definitely. So this is um, what I would call is an advanced search engine optimization strategy. And that would be guest blogging or guest article writing. And it's going to accomplish two really big goals. Number one is if we can go out and we can build relationships with people and we can have them write an article or a process for a website that we post, we're going to a, be able to build the relationships with those individuals. They're going to be aware of our business, of our process. We're going to get some buy-in and trust from them because we're, we're maybe asking them to do something. We are using our audience to probably promote their content, maybe even their link, their process, whatever it is. But then we can also get a piece of expert content or contextualized content at least to put into our site, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand word article and put it in as an article or a blog into the website. And what's cool is we can send them the link afterwards and they'll probably share it with their audience. So it just stacks in so many different ways. Obviously, blogging or articles is the written form of kind of like what we're doing with podcasting right now. So there's different ways to approach this. But uh, guest blogging is probably going to be the number one strategy I push into for my own SEO growth in 2024. We spent a lot of this year creating tons of our own content with a lot of success. Next year, it's really saying, how do we get four to five new guest articles in our site on a weekly basis? And if you're a therapist or a private practice owner, this could be your therapists that work for you. This could be your ther therapist friends, right? This could be providers, right? This could be the school principal. This could be a perspective on a first responder. This could be anything. And I would just suggest give them a template, give them a deadline, give them a, um, a kind of some parameters to operate in, and then make sure you share share the links with them and everyone else when it's live and posted. And it'll be pretty self-fulfilling. And definitely helps the SEO. And I know Lisa knows all about that. So it works out perfectly. He just likes to dig on the SEO. So just don't mind him. <laughs> SEO. SEO is our first step. And I kept together. it as a theme throughout so. the episodes of Benon. So I'm trying to help out here. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the guest blogging though also adds like a backlink, which is a vote. Yep. Right? It's like Google, it's a vote that Google sees for your, oh, this person is recognized by other people that I know that Google knows about. And it, it's like, this is another vote for this web page. So. Yeah. You can get your, you know, you can write different topics, but have your same lead magnet on it. You know, you don't have to do a ton of extra optimizing, but you can write different articles. 
you would recommend writing different articles for different um, pod, uh, guest blogs, wouldn't you? Or does it matter? I mean, yeah, I would prefer all of that content to be unique, different topics that are relevant mm -hmm. for the person who's writing it. The other way to do it, and we'll also do it this next year in this way too, is I will do a little mini interview segments. So I'll go and do ask five people or 10 people a question or process or have them write a specific paragraph. And then I'll actually feature or give answers from 10, five to 10 people in a single article. Um, they won't be authored on it, but we'll get links in there and we'll get then five or 10 people talking on, you know, what, what I wish I would have known in private practice before I started or the number one software I'd recommend or you know, fill in the blank. I, I like that idea. Uh, people have recommended I do that. And uh, I guess you got to hear the idea multiple times before you, you think it's a good one. Um, I know it's a good one. It's just something something to do. Uh, and I'll just share with all of these these processes, a lot of them came down to content. And a lot of them came down to creating content that someone will find valuable and solve a problem in some fashion. With uh, AI and the ability to generate cheap content easier now more than ever before, uh, and for your website and other places, the ability to create content that is attached to a very specific problem or create content that's attached to a very specific person will increase the value and the perceived value of that content. And that's why a lot of these strategies, but especially that guest blogging one, becomes really important because Google will like that better and they will like that strategy more than your flat AI content posts. Uh, your community will like that better because it will be very clearly attached to someone else's content and expertise and voice. And your social media will like that better because people will see the problems and the topic, but then also the realness of what it's attached to. Any questions? Well, I guess I was that? just wondering, do you feel like you could, instead of doing the blog, you could insert be a podcast guest? Because if you are, you know, writing it up on your website and you're doing the backlinks and yeah. it seems like it would be a similar type of, you know, tactic, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So it accomplishes all the mm -hmm. same goals. So if you take that transcript or you take that podcast episode, right? Hey, do you want to be a guest mm -hmm. on my podcast? And you run an episode that way that can go into your website really successfully. Yeah. We actually do that too. And that's a whole different genre of articles. Yeah. What's interesting is I take all the newsletters I write and I put that into our website as a genre of articles. And now we're talking about kind of content redistribution. So there's probably four or five sources this past year that we built to insert the podcast content and the masterclass content, the newsletter content, actual articles we wrote. All of those are already getting uploaded into the site guest blogging, just like physical articles and interviews not attached to any of the other media is where we're pushing into just to go faster and have another volume of source. And the reason why I'll share it this way is I can have a virtual assistant or a content manager on my team really successfully reach out to people and secure their articles and manage that process versus I have to be the butt in the seat that does the interview or the masterclass to do the other type of content. I do that too, really valuable, but this is a way to like leverage my time more yeah. because those articles aren't Makes sense. video or audio to my voice or my likeness. That's a good, a good tip. Right. So those were five advanced tactics for marketing, which could work for your therapy practice, or it sounds like any, any, anything um, for that you are working with your services, your therapy services, your coaching or consulting services. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And uh, uh, let's do the, let's do our, our one thing takeaway. And then Joshua will find out where we can find you online. S Steve, I'll start with you. Then Lisa, Steve, what's uh, one thing you want people to take away from the episode? I think that what you mentioned, specializing the newsletter for specific target areas. So for example, for me, it'd be first responders and other therapists or people who are just starting in the field. So specializing the newsletter or your content for specific people is really what I got out of this. There was all, obviously there was other great takeaways. I'm not trying to take that away either, no pun intended, but uh, that's the one I would remember. 
Thank you. And Lisa? I think I just really appreciate the the advanced, you know, tactics overall. I like how at the very, you know, just what you were saying about leveraging your time and your energy um, and your brain power. <laughs> I thought that was a really smart comment or a really smart way of looking at it. You know, oftentimes I think that I have to do it to, to make it work, but I'm thinking that's not always the case. Like what you shared about the mm -hmm. blog posts you can kind of leverage your VA to help you with that. That that just makes a lot of sense. So I would I would be wanting folks to think smarter, not harder about what they're already doing and what what's working. And then can they go at that, you know, 10 times or 100 times, like I was sharing earlier, um, even even more. If it's working, maybe, maybe focus on it a little bit more and, and put a little bit more time and energy or even money into it if it's already working. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Lisa. My my one thing is sort of a combo. Combo. Uh, I love the networking, but networking with value. So, if you're uh, if you're if you have a lead magnet, you can network with your lead magnet. You know, send it out. Even send a physical thing to uh, somebody that it adds value to them. Or uh, if you're going to have a topic on your blog page, get somebody who's an expert in that and have them. You know. Write, write something for you, which introduces them to your audience and you to their audience. It's just uh, a way that you can um, leverage your, your, your network and leverage relationships to, to build. And a lot of, you know, a lot of these things, um, we didn't, we didn't talk about spending a ton of money, did we? No. We didn't talk about like, oh, you got to invest $10,000 for a video program or, you know, new staff. It's, it's mostly, you know, sharing what you sharing what you know know about and can help people with and connecting it. So it's good. Um, Josh, what's Joshua, what's your one thing? And also after that, where can people find you? Because uh, you you have just so much um, knowledge and experience. Uh, where where what's your one thing about these advanced tactics that you want people to remember and where can people find? Yeah, I'll just go back to the start of kind of what I prefaced all of them. Marketing that works is the stuff that you do. And so choose one, implement it successfully. As Lisa said, maybe even figure out how to involve your team and get it onto your team's plate and then spin up the next one. So decide what your most high leverage opportunity is here and just do one. You don't need all of them to work. You just need the next one <laughs> to move forward. And, you know, for, for most, especially local private practice owners, that that guest blogging is going to be going to just hit so many important notes that might not be going as well as you want it to on an SEO front, on a referral partner front. So if I just really had to highlight one, I'd say put in the time and the energy to mm -hmm. figure that one out. That That's the one that will probably serve you the best long term. Uh, so if people want to connect with you, if they want to, Figure out how they can uh, work on their marketing and reaching the right people. Uh, where where can they find you and what do you offer? Yeah, great question. The best place to go is mytherapyflow.com. Therapyflow is our company. I'm one of the co-founders of it. We really help uh, independent therapy practices scale to six figures and multi-seven figures. we got a couple different programs that you can explore through our site. We have a rather large amount of free resources, free Facebook group, free articles that we've spent a lot of time trying to curate to be good content. And there's a place to get on my weekly newsletter that I spend a lot of time curating and crafting to send out uh, just good quality content on a weekly basis. So go to mytherapyflow.com. Uh, there is even going to be a segment there that talks about the three stages of private practice ownership and the things to simplify depending on what stage you're in. So look out for that, grab that, uh, and hopefully, you know, I'll talk to you if you want additional help implementing marketing or other things in your practice. Awesome. Thank you. So that's my therapy, mytherapyflow.com. And the last thing I want to say here is Joshua is going to do a webinar with me on January 25th, that's 2024, on the seven steps to more clients with lead magnets. So that's the seven steps to more clients with lead magnets. Uh, it's just a well thought out presentation on developing content that people will want to download.
Yeah. It'll get you in touch with the right people. Uh, you're adding value and they give you your email list. Uh, you, they give you their email and then you have, you can develop a further conversation with them. So yeah. that's, uh, uh, did you, do you have anything you wanted to say about uh, that, Joshua? Yeah, I mean, Lisa said it of the like, no trust framework. That's really what lead magnets help accomplish. We'll walk you through in seven steps how to choose, how to build, how to format, and how to create your very first lead magnet or your next working lead magnet, and then even get into granular posts. What happens if my lead magnet isn't working? What are ways that I can advertise my lead magnet better? All of that is in a really tight seven steps, so you won't be disappointed with how practical and simple it will be to walk away with uh, something really created from this presentation. So that's January 25th, 2024. It's 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern, and there'll be a link in the show notes. Thanks, Joshua, for offering that. It's going to be it's going to be very helpful to, to many people. So, well, thank, thanks, everyone, for being on the show. For Lisa, Steve, and Joshua, this is the Scaling Therapy Practice. We'll see you next time. All right, everyone, that's a wrap for this episode. And in fact, that's a wrap for season two for uh, the the 12 episodes on marketing. Thanks so much for joining us for all these episodes. Uh, if you haven't uh, gotten the resources from all the episodes, the downloads, they will be in the blog posts and the show notes for those episodes. Um, make sure you sign up for the webinar, the learning event that we're going to be having with um, Joshua from Therapy Flow on the seven steps to more clients with lead magnets. The links to register will be found in the show notes. That's going to be on January 25th, 2024, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. Uh, here's a quick disclaimer. All the information shared in this show, including the views, opinions, and strategies discussed by the hosts and guests, should not be taken as personal, legal, or financial advice. It's always best to consult with a professional in your field before making any decisions. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you next time. Scaling Therapy Practice is a proud part of the SciCraft Network. PsychMaven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice podcast. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com.